Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in hour number two of the program here on Monday on Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day, however you choose to observe it. Uh, But it is still nonetheless October 9th, which means that uh, coming up tomorrow, if you are interested, I will be at the West Bridgewater Library at 6 p.m. And I'll be discussing uh, a presentation that I give called Paranormal 101. So if you're somebody who's been interested in it, but has never really gotten into it and doesn't understand it and all of that. 6 p.m. tomorrow night, the West Bridgewater Public Library. I'll be talking about Paranormal 101. And then if that's something that does interest you, but West Bridgewater is a little bit far for you to travel to at night, well, I'll be in New Bedford on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at the New Bedford Public Library talking about the same thing, Paranormal 101. And basically, it is kind of a primer if you wanted to know why People go out there and look for the paranormal, how you can do it yourself. And, of course, I'll bring some equipment for you to check out, and I will answer any questions that you may have. But uh, that is the first two presentations at libraries for me this season. And then I'm out pretty much. I've got a couple. So that's, what, Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm off Thursday night, which is bowling night. Then Friday, doing an event in Sandwich, a ghost hunt in in an old historic place from 1675 as well as at my old elementary school which i'm very excited about nobody's ever investigated either of these places and then after that it's pretty much a library every night for the rest of the month so the closest i will be to the south coast in addition to wednesday night in new bedford uh on the 21st saturday the 21st at 2 p.m I will be at the westport public library and i'll be talking about paranormal properties how you can buy a haunted house but you can't own the ghosts that are in it. We'll be talking about things like the Lizzie Borden House, the Conjuring House, you know, some of these famous historic places, historic haunts that have gone up for sale in recent years. Uh, and on the 23rd, I'll be in North Providence, be talking about the Bridgewater Triangle that night. I'm back in Bridgewater proper on the 24th. 
uh, Sandwich on the 26th, Brockton on the 27th, Holbrook on the 28th, Plymouth on the 30th, and then on Halloween morning, this one I'm pretty excited about, at 11.30 in the morning on Halloween, I'll be talking at the Martin Institute at Stonehill College. So that is open to the public. You just have to register for many of these in advance. So just go to the library's website and they'll have a red or their Facebook page and they'll have an event registration because they just want to know how many people are going to be there. Uh, as we've been setting these up, I can tell you that most of the ones that I have been in contact with, you know, about the registration, some, some people are like, nope, we'll just, we'll see what happens. We just let it, we just let people show up first come first served. Other libraries are like, no, we want to have a registration so we can know what to expect. The ones that have had registration, which is most of them have uh, all come back to me and said, is it okay if we add some more space because we've already filled up? And I say, yes, pack as many people as you think you can pack into your library. Because the more people that are in that crowd, the more people will learn about the paranormal and the more likely somebody might be to laugh at one of my stupid jokes that I put in the presentation. So I'm, I'm happy to have more people there. Uh, but yeah, again, Wednesday night, I got to just try to keep all these days straight in my head. Now, Wednesday night, I'll be at the New Bedford Public Library if you want to come and see. And these are all free with the exception of the event that I'm doing in Sandwich on Friday, which is a uh, ticketed event by the Sandwich Chamber of Commerce. Everything else is free. So if you come to any of these libraries, it's free. No charge. 508-996-0500. If uh, you want to call in and chime in, we were getting some app chat messages. And let me uh, bring that screen up here. Um, that's, I'm not going to read building code. That's just too long. Uh, let's see. Blue Googs in Fairhaven says, Hey, Timmy, I am back. Here is the Timmy quote of the day. This is in relation to your thoughts on illegals in our hotels. Quote, it is better to keep your mouth closed and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Well, it's better to uh, not put stupid comments in writing where they live on forever than, uh, than to, you know, Leave them in a printed form for me to take and be able to use against you every every single time. But uh, what at what point did I give an opinion about that? At what point did I tell you anything that wasn't fact? What I told you was all factual information. What I told you was information that I had gathered and observed on the scene. So if you don't want to believe that, that's on you. But I'm not giving you emotional opinion. I'm giving you logical fact. Now, I don't know, by the way, if um, those who were coming to the Seaport Inn arrived after I left. I left at about, I'm trying to think of exactly what time it was. I think it was just before noon because I had parked over at the VFW and the VFW had a party. That was uh, happening. They had been rented out for a private party at one o'clock. So I said to them, like, I'll I'll move my car before people would start showing up for, for that party because I just parked there real quick to go and take some photos and talk to some folks, and then I had to get back to my errands. And so when I pulled out of there, it was probably just before noontime. And then I went back again because when I put my laundry in the dryer... I went down to uh, Fort Phoenix and took a walk, but then started to rain. I started to, so when I headed back to Fort Phoenix, you know, when I headed down that way, I went back by the rally and that was probably 1230, maybe quarter of one, maybe closer to one o'clock. 
and there were still people standing outside. It seemed like just as many people as had been there when I had left, which, again, wasn't really a lot of people on either side. I would say probably no more than three dozen on either side of the street, and it looked pretty even in terms of, you know, folks that were out against this policy and folks that were out in support of the people who were being brought in. So, and again, I say that because the people that I talked to, it wasn't necessarily that they were in favor of of the policy, uh, but they were in favor of not blaming the people for the policy. Some were in favor of the policy. On the other side of the street, I just heard things like, you know, you support pedophiles. All these children go missing at the border every day and you support that. Like yelling at the people who were there in support... you were supposed to be down there protesting the policy, protesting that they were putting migrant families into the seaport in. But instead, you turn it into yelling at the people across the street from you. And the people that were in support of it, at least what I saw, might have might have not been that way before I got there. And it might not have been that way after I left. But at least in terms of the people that I saw... They weren't really engaging with the other side. The people that were welcoming the migrants weren't really engaging with the people on the other side. They might respond to a few things here or there. But for the most part, they weren't yelling things at the, I guess we'll just call them the anti-migrant and pro-migrant side, even though I know that's very much just way too black and white. There's, There's a lot of nuance involved in there. We'll just call them that for, for clarity's sake on the radio. At one point, some folks who were coming to join the pro-migrant side dropped off a bunch of donuts and then went and parked and came back and joined everybody there. And it, it just turned into like everybody wanted to have a gotcha line on, on, on the anti-migrant side. Like started yelling at them. Oh, of course you get a free lunch. Of course you're in favor of a free lunch. It's like the people brought donuts just because they thought to bring donuts and your side didn't. You don't have to attack them for it. You just, you wish somebody had thought to bring donuts on your side. In fact, when the Channel 10 reporter came, I was talking with her and I said, listen, I'm here to be impartial, but I'm probably going to choose the side that has donuts every time. But the, um, the important part is, at least as far as I could tell, everybody remained respectful of the Seaport Inn. Nobody was trespassing onto their property. There's also uh, a residence there at the top of the street on the other side of Middle Street. There's a liquor store. There's the VFW. And everybody seemed to be respecting those boundaries. I don't know for sure that everybody went and left the parking lot of the VFW in time for that party. I did offer on behalf of the VFW when I was talking to the folks, I said, if you want, I can go up there and tell everybody that if you've got your car parked here, you got to move it because there's a private party coming in. And they were like, no, we'll just, we'll wait and see. Uh, As long as, you know, as long as they come over here by like 1230 and move their cars, it should be okay. So I'm I'm assuming that they must have, if they didn't get people to come down and move them in time, they went over there and told them to. So, but that was the important part is that everybody was respectful. You know, at least as far as I know, there were no arrests. 
the police were on scene. Not only was there an officer stationed in the parking lot of the Seaport Inn pointing their vehicle toward the ralliers, there were also two police cars, two cruisers across the street parked at the entrance to the high school that were observing as well. Plus, I saw a few others that were driving around. And I'm sure it was to keep an eye on things to make sure people weren't going into the street, that weren't, they weren't trespassing on the private, you know, because you just, you kind of, as a group gathers, you spread out a little bit, and the next thing you know, you're standing in somebody's yard, that kind of stuff. I'm not saying anybody was trying to do anything nefarious. You just want to keep an eye out for safety. You know, you want to make sure people aren't stepping into the road, holding their signs to get attention, because that's a safety risk. And also, I'm sure, you know, they wanted to keep, like, people from parking at the high school to walk over and take part in that because they might have had something going on at the high school, you know? So it seemed pretty orderly. It seemed, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say whether something like that is well-organized because I don't know, you know, were they expecting more people on either side? Did they not... Were they not able to get the word out enough that it was happening despite the weather? By the time I left Fort Phoenix, it was raining. I was actually out at the end of the hurricane barrier there and started pouring. So ran back to the car, got in the car, drove up Middle Street to see if there were still people out there. And they were still standing out there even though it was raining. So I don't know how much later they stayed after that. But I don't know if they did a good enough job of getting the word out that it was still going on. I saw a few posts in some of the Fairhaven groups. But it didn't look like from the time I arrived at 11 or so. I think it was a little bit before 11. I didn't really see either side of the street grow. Maybe a few people here or there. But as much as some people might have come and joined, a few people might have you know, had to go and, and had other things they had to do. But the bottom line is, as far as I could tell, everything was peaceful enough. Was it on point? Probably not. Did it do anything? Probably not. But I can tell you that, um, you know, the news stations came down and covered it. I was there. Uh, Michael Rock from Fun 107 was there. I saw Carlos Felix there from New Bedford Live. Uh, I saw that... Um, New Bedford Guide was there. I'm trying to think of who else was there that I saw. I don't think I saw... I'm sure she was down there, but I just didn't see her. I don't think I saw Beth David down there from uh, Fairhaven Neighborhood News. I'm sure she was there at some point, and I just didn't, didn't see her. And then there was... Uh, you know, a few other people that were filming that just seemed to be individuals, private citizens. So let's see here. Uh, not bad in Oak Bluff says, good morning, Tim. I'm so tired of hearing the lie that the migrants were turned away from Martha's Vineyard. The truth is that the island quickly mobilized and welcomed the migrants who were tricked to get on a plane. I believe the vineyard was a true fair haven. So, and that, that really is true. I've talked to multiple people that I know that live on the vineyard and those folks did come together and try to help as best they could. 
it was Governor Baker that removed the migrants from Martha's Vineyard and placed them at Otis. That was his decision. So the the truth gets twisted to fit an agenda. The people of Mar I saw the videos myself. I saw the news footage. I saw a friend of mine who is a reporter on the vineyard sharing video of people that were welcoming them. The problem is, is there wasn't enough places for them to stay. There wasn't enough supplies for them. And the bottom line was, it's a lot more work to bring supplies and services to Martha's Vineyard than it was to bring the migrants from Martha's Vineyard to the mainland. That's the reason why they were moved. Just getting a, an alert here that there is a major traffic backup on 495 South from Bridgewater all the way down to at least Carver. So you're talking pretty much the entire length of 495 from 24 down to where it becomes 25. I'm going to pull up a live traffic map and I'll keep an eye on that for you. Um, I'm going to guess that there is a, an issue with an accident. There is also a lot of road work that's going on, but I would think they're not doing it today since it is a holiday. Uh, let's see. Well, it looks like now the current live traffic has it backed up to... the 24, From the 24 interchange back into Middleborough. So it looks like it's lightening up, but there are two separate crashes per Google's live traffic map. Uh, looks like if you get to the 44 exit on 495, you know where the Middleborough Rotary is, it's clear there, but then you get a little bit north of that and you're backed up to 24. So it looks like it's down to just a couple of miles right now based on the current Google Maps information. 508-996-0500. Hopefully you're off today and you don't have to worry about that, but if you are, you know, you might want to seek an alternate route. Uh, 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. Coming up later on, we'll have Jack Spillane. We'll be turning on the light with him. We'll be talking about the New Bedford preliminary election and what to expect in the general election. We'll also talk about that news that came out Friday that uh, both uh, Mayor Mitchell and Senator Montigny have um, called on UMass Dartmouth to reimburse at least a portion of the tuition of the students that were displaced from the Star Store. So we'll talk to Jack about that because, as you know, he's been passionate about that and following that very closely. And I mentioned that, you know, a lot of folks are off today, but not everybody is. Some folks have to get up and go to work. Some folks have to get up and have the same hustle and bustle of their regular day. Some folks are off, but so are the kids, which means that today is going to be the kind of day that you need to start it off right, right? You need to start it off with a nice big latte, nice big cappuccino, maybe a, a nice hot chocolate for the kids. Get them a small, though. If you get them a large, they might get a little too wired. Well, you know what? How often do they get a Monday off from school? Let them get wired up. Stop by Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shop to get those drinks, to get muffins, to get some of their delicious fresh-baked pastry. They've got all kinds of great stuff there. That can get your day started off right. 
And also, it's a great place to go as kind of an oasis, too, to go and catch your breath for a little while. When the hustle and bustle of the morning is over, before you have to move on to the next phase of your day, go ahead and treat yourself. You want some lunch? Go back at lunchtime. Get yourself some of their delicious sandwiches. They're made fresh every day. Sunrise Bakery's own sweet bread and their da- and their Portuguese bread and their pops. All of this makes for great sandwiches. You can pick up a casserole sandwich, a tuna sandwich, a chicken salad sandwich that are all made fresh daily. Or you can get the rolls and you can get the salad and everything that you need to make it and just make them all when you're ready to have them. And of course, fresh baked, delicious pumpkin muffins and pumpkin cheese muffins and the old favorites like corn, blueberry, all the different flavors you can imagine. They're all available for you at Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shop located at 506 Bolton Street in New Bedford. Treat yourself today. Stop by and have something delicious with some European flair. That's Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shops, 506 Bolton Street in New Bedford. We'll be right back. You can call in, but you also have to hang on because uh, we are going to be going into the newsroom right now and get all the big stories of the day from Ariel Dorsey. Uh, why is the music on? There we go. The death tolls keeps climbing after Hamas's coordinated attack on Israel over the weekend. More than a thousand Israelis and Palestinians have been killed, while officials have confirmed some Americans' casualties. Israel, which has responded with airstrikes in Gaza, formally declared war on the militant group Sunday. Several major U.S. airlines have canceled flights to Israel because of the ongoing conflict. American, United, and Delta Airlines have canceled weekend flights to Tel Aviv from major U.S. cities, including Chicago, New York, Newark, and San Francisco. A spokesperson for Delta said the airline will work with the U.S. government to assist with the safe return of any Americans who want to come home. A Republican congressman who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House says former President Trump will not replace him. Appearing on ABC this week, Colorado Representative Ken Buck said a speaker will be selected from within the Republican conference. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise of Louisiana are the two frontrunners for the position. A man is dead and several others are injured after a shooting at a party in Pennsylvania. Police say it happened early Sunday at a private community center party in Indiana County. The victim who was killed was pronounced dead at the scene. At least eight others were wounded and hospitalized. Authorities say they're looking for more than one gunman. Investigators looking into the improper storage of more than 100 bodies at Colorado Funeral Home are working to establish contact with the families affected. It's in Penrose, which is about 30 miles southwest of Colorado Springs. Officials confirmed Friday that the Fremont County Coroner's Office is working to identify the bodies, but that process could take several months. The opening bell rings this morning after stocks reversed losses Friday to end the week on a positive note. The turnaround came after markets initially fell following the release of a much stronger than expected jobs report. Investors this week will be keeping a close eye out for minutes from the Federal Reserve's September meeting set to be released on Wednesday.
In sports, the Patriots have been blown out in back-to-back games. New England was shut out by the New Orleans Saints, 34-0 at Gillette Stadium. Mac Jones completed 12 of his 22 pass attempts for 110 yards and two interceptions before being bent for the second straight week. Bailey Zappi completed three of nine for 22 yards in relief. New England is now last in the AFC East at 1-4 and and will visit the Las Vegas Raiders this week. The Celtics started their preseason with 114-106 win over the Philadelphia 76ers at TD Garden. Peyton Pritchard led all scorers with 26 points off the bench for the Seas, and Jason Tatum recorded a double-double after scoring 13 points and grabbing 10 rebounds. Boston continues its exhibition slate when it visits the New York Knicks tonight at Madison Square Garden. Before last night's game, it was also announced that the Celtics signed Pritchard to a four-year $30 million extension. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Fabulous, refreshing fall air this morning with the temperatures on the cool side. We'll see clouds increasing by this afternoon and overnight. We'll see temperatures dipping into the mid to upper 40s. Meanwhile, this afternoon in the mid to lower 60s, a bit cooler than average. The normal highs should be in the mid-60s for tomorrow's slight chance for showers. From the ABC Weather Center, I'm Ceci Del Carmen, your meteorologist on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Think of it as breakfast for your mind. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app and uh, misery was certainly the key word for yesterday's Patriots game right I mean it couldn't have been any worse and now how do you write this ship well I guess we'll find out this coming Sunday because that's when the Patriots visit the Las, Las Vegas Raiders and it's happening on Sunday, October 15th. Kickoff on WBSM is at 4.05 p.m. Pre-game is at 1.30 p.m. And Patriots action on WBSM brought to you by Shooting Supply, Primacare, and D&J Enterprises. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because after the game, uh, of course, every week this is probably going to happen. Bill Belichick was asked about Mac Jones' future as the starting quarterback. 
And Belichick said, you know, it's this isn't just on him. But it's also on him, too. <laughs> you can say it's not just on Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is a big part of the problem. And sometimes making that change can institute a better feeling for everybody. Now, here's, here's the thing that I think is being overlooking, over, overlooked a little bit here with this Patriots team. Nobody thought they were winning a championship this year. They were kind of rebuilding everything offensively with Bill O'Brien back. Trying to fix the mistake of having the Matt Patricia era last year. So, did you think that they were going to be better than this? When you saw some of the signings that they made in the offseason, did you think that they were going to be in contention for a Super Bowl? Or even a playoff spot? So the more I think about it, the more I'm. this is what I expected to happen, but I didn't expect it to be two blowout losses in a row to opponents that they could have easily beaten. But they'll start again this Sunday. Try it again with the Raiders, who are also playing tonight on Monday Night Football here on WBSM, and maybe that will help the Patriots out a little bit. Uh, TFT Thumbs, who sent me that, thing about all of the building codes said read the code there are regulations for the number of occupants per square foot of area in buildings and sleeping areas yeah i don't want to read the code that's my whole thing you sent me an entire big long building code while i'm on the air i'll read it later but i'm i'm, I'm not going to read it now if you have a point to make make the point and if that's the point that there are regulations for the number of occupants per square foot of buildings and sleeping areas Okay. There's also fire codes about how many people can be in a building and in a room. You don't think that the fire department is going to be down checking at the hotels to make sure that the buildings aren't over fire code? You don't think that if there's eight people staying in a room, the hotel isn't going to reach out to the state and say, hey, there's eight people staying in this room. The maximum we can have in that room is four we need you to rent another room so we can put those four people in there and give us some more money. The, the hotels don't want to have their buildings shut down over this. So I, I think that we're probably overplaying this, everybody being shoved into one room. I'm sure that they're getting assigned rooms and maybe congregating together in a room and maybe that's something that's got to, you know, somebody's going to keep an eye on that. But hotels know how to handle, this isn't like this is the first time they've had groups of people stay there before. Every convention, every dance team, every travel baseball or softball team, they've had all of these kind of things happen where people have tried to pack a room to save money they know how to handle these kind of things. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. I will also remind people too that if you want to make donations to help out the folks that are going to be there. Again, I don't know if they're there yet. They weren't there as, the, as of the time that I spoke to the hotel employee on uh, Saturday morning. But you can drop off 
donations at the Fairhaven Fire Department between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. every day, seven days a week. I took all of those clothes that I am not going to wear anymore, that I hopefully never have to wear again. Hopefully I'm never in that size again. And I put them in a bag, and I'm going to go over there and drop them off. I don't know what the call will be for that size. My hope is that if if they get, and I know they're looking mostly for things for children, but my hope is that if they don't need what people drop off, they've got other organizations that they're going to call to come and, and take those off their hands. Because I don't know how many people are going to come in needing 3 and 4X shirts like I had. But I'm going to drop them off anyway and, you know, that way there because I know that not a lot of people make donations in that size. So if there are folks that need it, they'll be glad that somebody did. But I can tell you as somebody who was always like going to thrift stores, savers, Salvation Army, I never really found clothes that were in my size. And it, it probably wasn't my size. I wore all my clothes way too big anyway. I liked clothes that were loose. And now that I'm down to a 2XL, I'm trying to wear things that fit a little better, but it's weird. I had on a shirt the other day and I had to ask one of my coworkers, like, this is too small, right? I shouldn't be wearing this. And they're like, no, that's, that's your size. That's what you're supposed to be wearing. Like, I just don't feel right. That's because you wear big baggy clothes. So anyway... If you want to make a donation, make a drop-off uh, at the Fairhaven Fire Department between 8 and 4. As I mentioned, Dartmouth put out a release on Friday that they have migrant families is the term that they used in their press release, uh, staying in a hotel. They did not say how many. They did not say what hotel. When I, when I asked those questions, they referred me to the state's page on all of this at the mass.gov site. And that just has a, an infographic, an interactive graphic that you can click on. And it just says that for Dartmouth, they have between one and 50 families that have been placed in Dartmouth. And it doesn't say where. My guess is that it's, it's not at places like the, um, the hotels on Route 6. It's probably somewhere more like the hotel that's on Alphonse Corner Road behind, uh, what, the 99 over there. That'd be my guess, but I don't know for sure. But I think you're also going to start to see, because of things like what went on Saturday, again, and nothing bad went on Saturday. But I think you're going to see a lot of municipalities that try to not be forthcoming about some of these sites. But if you look at Fairhaven, Dartmouth, Somerset, Wareham, Middleborough, these places where these families have been brought to or are coming to, it's, you're not dealing with a lot of lodging options that eventually people kind of 
can figure it out. Now, Somerset was very forthcoming about where they were staying. It's been reported in Wareham and Middleborough. And I'm sure it'll eventually be reported in, in Dartmouth as well. But at least in terms of the town's decision, they decided not to reveal that information. They did say that they do have a community response team that's made up of all departments in town government that is going to be kind of the liaison with the state on this. There's also a story out today that the Department of Homeland, Sec- Department of Homeland Security is sending a team to Massachusetts to look into what's going on to try to offer some federal assistance in this, which Governor Healy has been asking for. So we'll see where that goes. What that means, I don't know. It probably just turns into federal dollars. Perhaps working to lift some of the work restrictions on the Haitian migrants like has been done for Venezuelan migrants in the past and others. So maybe maybe this can start to move toward a little bit less of a stigmatized situation. Because I, I, I do think that if you got folks into these hotels and they were working and they were paying for their rooms, people might feel a little bit differently. If it was them paying for the room as opposed to the taxpayer dollars, well, then it's just somebody renting a hotel room, right? There's still the issue in a lot of towns about these long-term stays that has had to have been suspended in a lot of towns that have that because of needing to put these folks in and not knowing how long it's going to be for. In in Wareham, it was a, I think it was 30 days was the max day. I forget what they had limited it to. I lived in a motel years ago for a couple of months. I'm trying to think of how long that was. Might have only been a little bit more than a month. Seven of us in one room and a dog. And, and I, think the, I think the cats were with us. I can't remember if the cats were with us or if a friend was watching the cats. But that was before they'd put in this limit of how long people could stay for. And in fact, most of, again, I worked at a diner for years where we had a steady stream of customers that came from a couple of the motels down the street of people who just lived there. They had weekly rates. But the town decided not to do that, you know, not to allow that to continue as a way to kind of control some of the drug trafficking that was going on at some of these places and the criminal activity that was going on at these places. 508-996-0500. By the way, from American citizens I'm talking about. Uh, we do have to take a break here. We'll be back in just a few. And uh, coming up in the next hour, Jack Spillane will be here. We will be turning on the light. We'll talk about what happened in the New Bedford election last week, the preliminary election. And then we'll talk about what we can expect in the general election. But it's been been pretty quiet so far this week. Uh, well, this past week. But we'll see if things don't start kicking into a little bit higher gear here as we get closer to November 7th. Uh, but also... One of the things that's kicking into high gear is the fall weather, right? We're starting to feel that little bit of chill in the air. We had some nice weather last week. I know yesterday was a beautiful day, but it's going to feel a little bit chillier this week. The leaves are starting to turn, and you might be thinking to yourself, 
Ooh, it's time to get some nice, warm, comfort food. Well, that's why you want to stop at Alianza in New Bedford because at Alianza, they have all of their great specialty dishes for the fall and winter season already starting to roll out. You can try customer favorites like chicken cognac and shrimp Alianza. And if you're not sure what you want, just talk to Susie. Susie is the owner. She will help you find something that will absolutely fit the bill for whatever it is that you are craving. But also keep an eye on the Alianza Facebook page because they post their specials for the week and you can find out exactly what they're going to have on special each day. I like the octopus on Fridays, but they have something different every day for you to be able to check out. The kitchen is closing at 8 o'clock on weeknights and at 9 on weekends, but there's still a bar menu. So if you stop by for a drink, you'll be able to still get a quick bite. And uh, and they sell out. They have a lot of fun over there. So it's really I love hanging out in the bar at Alianza, and you can do the same as well. So check them on, out. Check them out. They are located on Cove Road in New Bedford. You can go to their website, AlianzaRestaurant.com, for more information. Or, again, follow them on Facebook for those daily specials. I do got to take one more break. We'll be right back. All right. Well, coming up in the next hour, Jack Spillane is here from New Bedford Light. We'll be turning on the light, talking about a variety of things, including Jack was at both protests over the weekend, so he's going to talk to us about that. We'll talk about the election. We'll take your phone calls, 508-996-0500. And a reminder that even though it is a holiday, whether it's Columbus Day to you or Indigenous Peoples Day to you, whatever you decide to call today, uh, it is a holiday. But we'll all... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.